1: Again. We are floating, the world is gonna know it, but it like you're never gonna see us again. Folks, we are live with Pure Gold for this evening, Thursday, December 23rd, 2010. Here we are at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're having some slight technical difficulties, so you can bear with us. We're going to get our show started in a minute. Uh, Before I introduce my partner, let me go over the uh, contact information. Uh, That would be our email, as everybody knows, puregoldpg at yahoo.com. That is a uh, that is an important thing. We need you to call in, we need you to email, we need you to send us messages, we just need you we need you guys to support the show. Uh the call in line is 714 uh 364-4721. Um again, that is 714-364-4721. Our Twitter account, Pure Gold PG, YouTube channel, Pure Gold PG, Facebook, Pure Gold PG. And Joe and I, of course, both write articles for SportsRaces.com. And now, joining me on the line is my partner, JB. JB,
0: what's going on? Yo, DG, it's Thursday night, December 23rd. Um, sorry about that, dead air, folks. We just had some technical difficulties, but, you know, we'll get that definitely squared away and we'll be rolling uh, pretty smooth next week. Um, some topics for tonight. Uh, definitely a busy night of topics with uh, the NFL... A couple of nuggets on NBA, and then finally one NHL update. So, um, the big topics, obviously, for this Sunday, come up week 15, is the big Giant versus Packers preview. What, um, what do you got for us on that game, DG?
1: Well, folks, you know I had a monster rant on the Giants game, the debacle, the disgrace, the sham of a game that they that they pulled off on Sunday. Fact is, do or die. Um, maybe you won't hear that from other people. You may not hear that from the Mike Francis of the world or the uh, Joe and Evans or whoever you listen to. But the fact is that this game is important. This game is an important a game that the Giants have played in a long time because if they lose on Sunday, their chances of going down, uh, going to the playoffs are pretty much nonvoid. void And uh, obviously, that's where you want to go. You want to get to the promised land. Giants proved in '07. 7 You just never know. You can't count things up and anything can happen. And, you know, miracles do come true. So... This game, Sunday, Aaron Rodgers should be playing. He's coming back in. I can't pick against my team. I say the Giants in a hard-fought game, another hard-fought game. I got the score right last week, but the team's wrong. This week, I'm going to go, I'd say, 35-27 Giants. It's going to be a nice uh, high-scoring affair, and I believe Eli's going to rally the troops. I believe that the defense is going to come up big. I believe that Coughlin is going to, you know, whoop butt and take names and take names and whoop butt. He's going to do whatever he has to do to get the Giants rolling. I say folks, again Giants 35, Packers 27. Rodgers play a good game. Again, Eli will lead his team to victory. That's my prediction. Joe, take it away with some Jets talk.
0: All right. Uh, the Jets travel this week to Chicago where they'll play the Bears in Chicago, obviously. Uh, both teams are 10 and 4. The Jets are vying for a wild-card spot while the Chicago Bears look to lock up the NFC North. Basically, um, it's been a whole hum week. <laughs> Not really, folks. Really talking about foot fetishes, talking about different things. But the big topic of today and probably leading into the game Sunday will be is if Mark Sanchez is actually going to play the game. All of a sudden, his shoulder is really hurt, and uh, his it's really going to be a game-time decision. So, uh just learned about this today, so uh, we'll see if he actually plays. Um, I think it will impact the game either way. So if he does play, I could see the Jets, you know, pretty much playing a tight game like they did last week. If, if he doesn't go, um, I think it's going to be a big game of just ground and pound, obviously. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens on Sunday, what kind of decision the coach and what kind of decision Mark tells the coach if he can go or not. Um, either way, I do see the Jets um, – The better team of the two. I think that the Jets will ground and pound with Sanchez or without, but uh, also pass the ball. Uh, Just better play-action passes with Sanchez in the lineup. So, uh, With all that said, I think the Jets improved to 11-4 with a 23-20 victory over Chicago. That's your look at the two uh, local teams. Two other key matchups uh, to to look at for Week 15 is uh, San Francisco playing St. Louis in what i consider the nfc west futility bowl um you know the west is just so bad this year in the afc west uh but somebody's going to win that division at pretty much either 7 and 9 or um 8 and 8 but you know 7 and 9 looks like might win that division so um not a game that i you know really moistens the uh you know moistens the fans uh to watch but it's still a key matchup as well as on Monday night, New Orleans does go play in Atlanta, which will be a really good game. So those are your key matches for NFL besides the two local teams. Um, just some uh, other nuggets in terms of NBA. The Spurs' winning streak finally ended tonight as they fall to the new Orlando Magic, 123-101. to Orlando finally won their first game with their new uh, acquired people from the trade. They, uh, from from getting Turkoglu, Gilbert Arenas. So, uh... You know, congrats to the Magic for uh, actually winning a game. <laughs> and then the other game that just is underway in Phoenix is Miami versus uh, the Suns. This Sunday, uh, this Saturday is Christmas, and the, the two key NFL, uh, NBA matchups are the Celtics going to play the Orlando Magic. Um, my, my Celtics, I think, will prevail as even though they are injured and bagged up, I just think that the Magic still try and find themselves. Um, they did be dispersed tonight. Uh, but I don't think they will beat the Celtics on Christmas. And then the the big matchup that the media, I guess, is talking about is what people have predicted before the season started is the NBA Finals, is the Miami Heat versus the LA Lakers. So, those are two key matchups in the NBA. And one last NHL nugget, uh, the Devils, two days before Christmas, fire their head coach, John McClain, and still yet lose to the worst team in the NHL tonight, to the New York Islanders, 5-1. to one. So, I don't think firing John McClain was the answer, but you know I think the fans wanted it for some reason, so they did it. They pulled the trigger. Jacques Lemaire is back in control of the Devils, and uh, for one night, obviously it didn't pay off as the Devils do lose 5-1 to one to the worst team in the NHL, the New York Islanders. That's a look at sports, folks. Pure gold style. DG, what do you got on the sports entertainment side? Well, before
1: I get into sports entertainment, it's uh, interesting that the Islanders are your favorite team and they're the worst team in the NHL. Uh and the Celtics are your favorite team in the NBA they're one of the best teams. So, you know, you gotta make the <laughs> matching going on there. Um the fact that uh, Jets of course were who, who are doing quite well and the Mets who are at the debacle. Embarrassment. But uh but aside from uh our, our rooting interest, before I get into that, I wanna touch on something very quickly in some hot baseball. We haven't really talked about baseball at all yet uh aside from our you know our Phillies a little Phillies uh, rotation situation that we talked about in the first show. Um you know I was listening to the fan this morning, you know, huge fan of the show. Obviously uh, so is uh, so is Joe J B. We both listen to WFAN. We grew up on that. And um Carrie Wood, who was with the Yankees last year, obviously everyone knows the phenom and his huge nineteen strike performance, uh you know the rookie. Fact is that uh, Wood Turned the Yankees down. He turned the White Sox down to re-sign with the Chicago Cubs for about a million and a half. The Yankees and the Sox were willing to pay him oh more than double that to get him in because he had a good year last year. He was good with the Yankees, and he's been uh, he, he went from being an ace, starting pitching prospect uh, who was always injured to being a very good relief pitcher. You know, setting up Mariano last year to the end of the year, and it was kind of nice to see him go back to his home in, in Chicago. He, he talked about that he really just wanted to go back and play with the Cubs and if he has a personal services contract that once his playing days are over he's gonna he's gonna be on the team, you know, for many years, helping out in whatever capacity that he can. But I thought it was interesting because we, here we have guys always taking way more money to go and playing wherever the you know, being hired assassins basically hired guns where they'll go wherever the money is. It's kinda of nice to see someone like Wood who was starting to chill into his career, take less money to go where he really wanted to go and uh, of course turning the Yankees down which Always, uh, you know, put the feather in my cap and uh, a smile on my face. But uh, but aside from that, that's uh, that's a little baseball thing that I wanted to get into. Now we move on to sports entertainment, the WWE, and there's a lot of topics to discuss. Um, I have quite a few things here on the agenda. A little SmackDown recap. We have the continuation of the Edge versus Kane, uh, you know, their program that they're running. They killed off Paul Bear for like the thirtieth time. You know, whatever. But uh, Edge and Kane are two of the best, and, you know, anytime they can get involved in something that doesn't involve falling off ladders and dying and, you know, stupid things like that, it's a plus. So it's good to see him going, you know, Edge and, you know, referencing his best friend, formerly his brother, now his best friend, Christian, and the tag title reigns and being Intercontinental Champion. And then eventually the World Heavyweight Championship, he and Kane will, will keep that going, and it should be good leading up into the World Rumble. Then we have something, Joe, I want to get your opinion on this. What do you think about Randy Orton versus The Miz opening up SmackDown? You have Raw's top two stars, basically, aside from John Cena, opening the show. And then you have John Cena closing out the show against Dolph Ziggler, where uh, where CM Punk got involved. Basically, you have four Raw's top stars running roughshod on SmackDown. What do you think about that, JB?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely want to touch upon that. But before we do, DG, um, just one thought that I want to ask you about the Edge versus Kane, uh, you know, basically the program continuing. Don't you think um, being, you know, big Kane fans, don't you think keeping the title on Kane would have been better to keep the storyline going?
1: It would have definitely been better to keep the storyline going. I guess the mentality that they have is, you know, Kane loses the title, so now there's obviously going to be a rematch the next month. Maybe in that situation, the Fatal 4-Way, if Edge doesn't win, you know, what's the point of Kane giving him another title shot? I believe that that's the, the route that they were... Probably headed for, um, again, as Joe said, we're big fans of Kane. No point in our eyes in seeing him getting taken off uh, as world champion. Not, But he's still a focal point of the show. He's still fighting for the, the championship, the World Heavyweight Championship. So that's that's definitely a big plus in, in my eyes, regardless of the slightly questionable booking. But getting back to the, the Raw on SmackDown, what do you think about that, J.B.?
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, I mean, it could be two, uh, one of two things, in my opinion. I mean, it could be that they're testing one of these four guys out to potentially go to SmackDown um, as one of their which main eventers. Yep, which would be great. That would be or, great. Or the SmackDown roster is so poor that they have to open up with some Raw guys because they're live on USA this week that they need a big splash and they need to make sure that people will watch so that – um, you know they'll get good ratings for USA on SmackDown, so I think that there it's a combination of things. I, I I think it's probably the latter. I think that SmackDown, um, SmackDown's roster is so, um, you know, you know it doesn't really compare to to Raw right now that they need some Raw guys to open up the show just to get the fans uh, hooked in. Don't you think? Yeah, and I think that's a problem.
1: To be quite honest with you, um, you know people might sit here and wonder why the heck are these two guys talking about wrestling, but, you know, Joe and I are lifelong fans, and there's just no way that, it's like a drug, you just can't stop, not that I've ever done drugs, but uh, I just, as bad as it gets, I just, I have to stick in there, hoping that it'll turn around, maybe when I'm 50, that'll happen, but SmackDown is a, is a pitch-poor roster, we've looked at it, you know, JB and I, we talked during the day, and we prepare our shows, and, uh, you know, again, we, we've been friends for so many years, we've talked about, about wrestling ad nauseum but you know, so now we're gonna bring it out on another platform which is which is this, this internet show, this radio show. But concerned with what's going on with uh with SmackDown, the stars are just not there. There's nothing going on. As a matter of fact, what I found kinda of interesting was um all Stars on the live show, I'm thinking, why not go and the brand extension, J- JB and I both think that that should happen. But uh, you think that this means that that the brand extension there's an end in sight, JB? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, the fact that you know there's uh, there's rumors that they want to unify both world titles again tells you that they're leaning towards that, or they're leaning towards where the world champion basically travels to both shows as a floating world champion. So um, I've always been a big proponent of ending the brand extension. I think that the roster is so thin right now that they don't, they they really can't support two different rosters. So, you know, I'm definitely a big proponent of ending the brand extension. Um, I don't know how that, you know, affects them money-wise or ratings-wise, but um, definitely a big fan of just ending brand extension now that the rosters are just so watered down that, you know, basically, you know, you have two world champions, but, you know, you don't have enough people to contend for that world title. So um, I'm all for unifying that title. Why don't you give them that little nugget that we made, uh, DG, back at WrestleMania? What did you tell me, and what did I say to you um, from that match between Taker and uh, Shawn Michaels? What, what did we tell the audience? What we do? You mean what our, what our plan was? Yeah, we we basically said um, to the PG audience, um, and, and we you know we basically told ourselves is that if Shawn Michaels was going to lose to to the Undertaker again, we'd never watch wrestling again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true I wasn't sure if that's where you were going And uh, truthfully uh, We keep tabs on it But ever since HBK retired My interest has dwindled a bit Shawn, Shawn Michaels is my all time favorite wrestler I believe I believe Probably the greatest of all time In terms of overall package as a wrestler um, Hulk Hogan is the greatest personality No doubt about that Money making and whatnot. Then And you've got your, your uh, Rick Flair You've got your Steve Austin You've got your Rock But to me HBK, hands down, is the greatest ever. So when that happened, J.B. and I, big fans of his, it just took a little damper on things. And being that Chris Jericho was still around, Jericho being one of my all-time favorites, you know, top five for me, uh, after HBK, you know, my favorite actor wrestler, I said, man, at least Jericho's there. Now Jericho's gone. Um, honestly, J.B., you touched on something that, that really kind of sparked the interest in me because it's, it's one of the things that I wrote down after we did our, uh, our program rundown you talked about the, the ratings and, and everything. You talked about how um, the you know, brand extension coming to an end and the, the rosters are poor. The fact is that Raw opened and closed SmackDown. It was a live SmackDown. It shows you for a fact that the, that the uh, extension is not working. I'm not sure how it works in terms of uh, in terms of revenue. I'm, I'm sure that they'll make money, w- whatever they do with SmackDown, because for years SmackDown and Raw worked were together. But the rating, and I, I know you don't know this, JB. Let me lay this on you for the listening audience. Normally SmackDown on sci fi does a one point seven, that's their average. What do you think it did last night on USA being live? I'm
0: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go
1: two
0: point two. Two point five? Wow. That's
1: a huge ratings jump being live, being on USA, possibly because a lot of people don't have sci fi, but to me that signals that they need to go live. I know the know production costs are more, but they you know and SmackDown has basically always been taped up, that show did almost a full point higher than the normal SmackDown rating. And it was on a Tuesday, you know, not being on a Friday night and not being on sci-fi. I think that WWE really needs to look and say, I mean, maybe it's an ignorance of some to say, oh, it's one show. But the fact is that they combined the brands on the one show, the ratings, you know, huge rating for for sci-fi, for, uh, excuse me, for SmackDown, almost a point higher. And it shows me that a they need to end the brand extension. B the roster spin so two world champions won't work. They already have the bootleg unified tag champions with no tag team division. They have the one women's champion, which is a joke that they ran to in the first place. They have the i c in the U.S. where the only you know two decent titles really uh, remaining in terms of mid card. They can easily combine that. They can easily combine the WWE. They should do it at Mania. I don't know who's gonna do it. I'm hoping they do it. They get rid of that belt, but uh what do you think about that, J.B.?
0: Well I was gonna say, do you think out of the three people between Randy Orton, John Cena and the Miz, who do you think would be the best person to the ship over SmackDown to represent them in this in the main event at WrestleMania?
1: Honestly, oh, it's gonna be tough. I say Cena because Cena, you know, Cena brings in ratings. Orton is a ratings killer. I think that's been proven over on our our favorite wrestling website, Online Onslaught, with their articles. A lot of what we've seen, Orton with the belt kills a lot of ratings, and uh, there's no secret my disdain for all things Orton. But I think if you move Orton to SmackDown, I I, I don't think that's really going to help. I think Cena needs to go to SmackDown, which will probably never happen. And, uh, again, it just reemphasizes the fact that the brands need to be together. They need to put everybody on one show. When you have John Cena dominating Raw and SmackDown, you know what? It goes to show you the personality that he is. The fact that fans tune in, love him or hate him, and they need to they need to be back on run just together
0: in one show. The brand extension to me, it's just run its course. Yep. So typical. So typical WWE will be that they will end the brand extension, and they'll have that what I call the floating champions, where the the world champion will go on both shows and defend his title on different shows.
1: That's how it started originally, I, if you remember. But Brock Lesnar when he was the uh, the champion he ended up being exclusively signed to SmackDown, but all the champions before that are Triple H, um, you know, Hulk Hogan and, and Taker. They they were on, floating on on both shows, and even the women's champion who was floating on both shows and everything. And I just don't see how this. I just don't see how this is working. I don't see how it's viable. The roster's thin. Taker is out on in an in injured reserve. Triple H has been gone for way too long. Shawn is you know Shawn Michaels is done. Batista's gone to, to try to fulfill some you know, washed-up MMA fantasy. Jericho's doing Fozzie. So all their top guys, other than Cena and Orton, are not there. They're pushing the mains, which this is good. Morrison getting pushed into the main event. But it worries me a little bit to see where they're going with this. I just don't understand what what the mentality is. And um, I was listening to an interview today, JB, and I know we didn't speak much today, but Eric Bischoff was here on uh, blogtalkradio.com showing me that you just never know who might call in. He ripped... This guy, a new one, he owned them. Name is Michael Barton, and he has a wrestling and MMA show. But the fact of the matter is that uh, you know, Bischoff was talking about us internet geeks and the people who think we know wrestling. And J- now JB and I, you know, we watch wrestling for years, so we're lifelong fans. But uh, what do you think about that, JB? What do you think about uh, the guys like Bischoff and the guys who really just uh, rag on the internet? You have your Matt Hardy's, you have people of that nature who just hate on, on internet fans. What, what do
0: you think about that? It, it's just amazing how, um, you know, they could basically, you know, rip us when we I, – I think we are pretty unbiased and we pretty much tell it like it is. I mean, if you look at what Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan have done to TNA, I mean, they've ruined the product even further, if that's even possible. I mean, it's so bad. I mean, we don't even t- talk about TNA Granted, we're a half-an-hour show, and we, do, we do, do talk about a lot about sports and sports entertainment, but you notice we don't even touch TNA because it's just an unwatchable product. I mean, I usually watch that uh, on fast-forward through my DVR. I think Bischoff, um, you know, I I don't know if Bischoff just lost it after, you know, the WCW uh, crumbled and was bought by the WWE um, and has lost it ever since because, you know, he did have probably the single most greatest angle in the NWO, you know, DJ?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And listening to him talk today, it shows, you know, Bischoff is an intelligent man, and uh, he was making the point that he's an honor and talent more than uh, not a backstage personality, which even if that were true, the man should know what's going on. He should know what to do and how to fix the product, and what they're doing is just not working. Uh, TNA's terrible, terribly nonsensically awful. One of my articles on com. And like, like J.B. said, it's just unwatchable. Jeff Hardy's a joke. Um, you know, just the guys they have in there, they have talent. A.J. Styles is, is awesome, and, you know, they let Christopher Daniels go, and Samoa Joe has become a waste of space. And, you know, but regardless of what, they have the Wonder City Machine Gun Guns, great tag team, great tag team matches against Beer Money, another stupid TNA tag team name, or Ink Ink. I mean, it's just, it's just a bad product. And, uh, you know, as we wrap up this part of uh, wrestling, I just uh, wanted to mention one more thing before we get into uh, our final few minutes uh, talking about Christmas, because it is Christmas on um, Friday, uh, excuse me, Saturday, and uh, Christmas Eve tomorrow. It's going to be wonderful, and we're going to share a little bit about that. But Caval was just released from the WWE. He was the uh, season two winner of uh, NXT. He ended up getting a, a title shot of his shoes, and he chose the Intercontinental title. He lost. He basically lost every single match that he was in once he graduated from NXT, and I just don't understand it, JB. Any any quick thoughts on that? Guy was talented, they pushed him a little bit, and then lose every match, bury him, and then fire him right before Christmas.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty bad by Vince. Um, I mean, was there anything on the internet today about any reason why he was released? Did he like piss off John just, Cena, or did he hurt <laughs> Randy Orton in a match that we don't know about?
1: <laughs> just kind of, oh yeah, let's get, get into that in another show, but just kind of that it was mutual, you know, mutual decision. But, like I said, to be released before Christmas, that's kind of, I don't know. That, that, that just strikes me as odd. And they did push him a bit, but then they buried him, which made no sense. Kind of like how on NXT Season 1, Daniel Bryan got buried, lost every single match, then was eliminated, and then ended up coming back in the whole Nexus angle. But uh, enough about wrestling, JV, any any Christmas stories? I have one that I'd like to share, but uh, you want to go first?
0: Yeah, just closing up the show, folks. Um, first uh let me on my behalf let me wish uh all our fans a Merry Christmas. And just to let you know that um, you know, I, I really love this time of year. Um our show has just kicked off uh the last two weeks and we hope that, you know, we can bring you many more shows in the upcoming year. But when I think about Christmas I do think about just more giving than receiving now. Obviously as I've grown older. Um, you know, Christmas is definitely about my two year old daughter Sabrina. Uh, love her to death, and um, you know, can't wait for her to open those presents on Christmas, and uh, you know, having a great time with family and friends. Uh, the only other thing I could think of when I think of Christmas is obviously that Christmas Story marathon on TNT. Uh, I could oh, watch, like, oh yes, <laughs> I could definitely watch it uh, eight or nine times in a row throughout the day and still not get bored of that movie. Uh, I think when I think of Christmas and a Christmas movie, I definitely think of the Christmas Story. So that's all I really got about that. Just wishing all you. have Fans out there, hopefully you tune in next year in 2011. Um, obviously, we have another show next week, uh, as I'm thinking. But I uh, want to wish everyone a happy and a merry Christmas.
1: Yeah, and if I could share a little bit about um, Christmas story. For some reason, my wife is crazy. She is doesn't like Christmas story. I don't know what's wrong with her. <laughs> I don't know if she needs some psych evaluation. You know, hopefully she'll never hear this.
0: Maybe, Maybe it's a guy right now,
1: but... <laughs> it's it's I don't know, but. IGN uh, voted probably the best Christmas movie of all time, I believe, within what I was reading today. And uh, it's been voted one of the top Christmas movies. That movie, I remember one year where I watched it over and over and over and (laughs) over again. countless time. And I've done that so many years. And I could watch that movie another hundred times and not get bored. It's just one of those... To me, it's like the Rocky series, other than part five. I love those movies. I've seen them 50 times. Whenever they would come on uh, TV, like TMC, I'd watch them. Uh, Christmas Story is just one of the all-time greats. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful that that movie was made because it was just such a it's just a classic, an all-time classic. And one quick story before we wrap up. I remember as a kid, something that stuck in my mind, for some reason I thought of it this week. My mother gave me an action figure. It was a Ken O'Brien action figure, number seven for the New York Jets. Oh, yeah. Jets. And I remember that specifically, for some reason I just remember, my mom gave it to me. And I wasn't a Jets fan. I didn't even like football until I got much older. So I got the figure and another Jet figure, and I was so enraged that I got, you know, I, I was mad and I was fighting with my mom about it. And I think I was six or seven, about seven, you know, being the ungrateful little you know, snob that I was. But I remember that as, as a kid and just being so upset over this Ken O'Brien figure. And then my mom got mad and, she, you know, we got into this whole thing. But I just remember that for some reason this weekend. Uh, I started looking up on Ken O'Brien and things like that. And for whatever reason that stuck out to me, I guess I just not liked the Jets uh, since childhood. So I can't really, uh, you know, can't really get much more into it than that. I was always a transformed GI Joe type of guy. But, uh, again, you know, I just want to share that briefly with you. Um, be kids, be grateful for what your parents give you. Be grateful for Christmas. I'm thankful for my family and thankful for you, the PG listening audience. Folks, we hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. We hope that you tune in next Tuesday and next Thursday as you go to two days a week, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for everything. Thank you for uh for listening. Thank you for just being a part of our of our lives as we let you in. Folks for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold, wishing you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Tune in next Tuesday night, December twenty eighth, at eleven PM Eastern Standard Time for our next show. And remember to always keep it E. G. Good night, folks. Are you ready?